Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. All right, Bri, why didn't we record after game one instead of game two? I was in San Francisco, <laughs> and I only got to catch the second and the fourth quarter. So I only saw the Draymond ejection and then Ja missing the layup for the Warriors to win it. You didn't even go to uh, the Chase Center and go hang out with all the crazies? Oh, goodness. No, not even. I, I was looking at some eight, eight, uh, wow, Oracle Park now. I was, I was looking at uh, some Giants times, but didn't fit the schedule. Uh, okay, so game two. Warriors versus Grizzlies. It was uh, a lot like game one, I felt. A little bit more of a Memphis version of game one. I felt in game one, the Warriors did not play great, but they still played well enough to win. Some of that was Memphis didn't play great in clutch time. In this game, it was kind of the other way around. I thought the Warriors, again, didn't play great. Neither did Memphis. But when it came down to it, push comes to shove, you had one guy who's able to create his own shot, who's able to get to the hole, who's able to get, uh, I don't know how many shots John made in a row, but in the paint, it was ridiculous. And the Warriors don't ha- didn't have that. Now, Steph was trying to go to the hole. And, you know, th- this is 
this is something that they don't have, which is it'd be nice for when Steph goes to the hole to be able to drop it off and then have a finisher. But they, that that's just not the way that they play. So uh, rough game. I thought, you know, Memphis just made the shots when they needed to make the shots. And uh, that was really that was really a story is, is, is shot making. And, you know, that's basketball in, nut, in a nutshell, kind of. But let's talk about some of the main the main topics here. The my three points that I that I that I wrote up. So game starts really chippy and it goes against the Warriors again. Game one, Draymond makes an unfortunate swipe that hits Brandon Clark in the face. And he gets a flagrant two, gets kicked out. Now they they go on and they win without him, which was awesome. But in game two, I don't know, what are we, three minutes into the game? And Dylan Brooks throws a, a clothesline at Gary Payton's head. And Gary Payton is going to the ground. And like you're never supposed to do when you go to the ground, he posted his arm. And it seems like maybe he hyperextended his elbow, but I didn't see they, they didn't have a good angle of his elbow doing anything other than breaking his fall. And they lose, you know, the guy who is uh, whose job is to really guard jaw in these late game situations. They very much missed him today. And then soon thereafter, uh, Xavier Tillman throws an errant elbow, though this was more a sort of a reaction it wasn't purposeful in at all but it hit draymond in the eye and draymond's eye was kind of swollen so game starts really chippy for the second time in a row and again the warriors are, are the ones who who get the worst of it and i i didn't know if gary payton being out was going to really affect them but with two minutes left in the game i thought it really affected them i mean do we need to pull up john moran's stat line to show you know i mean um, geez it's ridiculous Ja was uh if you if you just take away his his three pointers he was uh 10 for 19 and then 12 of 13 from the line the three pointers he still shot them well too five of 12 41 percent 42 percent eight rebounds eight assists he's a plus 13 there's a moment it was right at the end of the third quarter i'm not exactly sure what happened uh Kaminga and him got tangled up and so yeah I guess maybe he got his eye poked or he got his eye scratched and he was he he looked like he was really hurting but he sat in the beginning of the fourth like normal and came back it was totally fine it just was a killer an absolute killer yeah um, I mean John Morant said that and we didn't see like that was weird I thought they would at least replay that for us to see it but I wasn't sure if Kaminga poked him you know you mentioned that he could have poked himself by accident like <laughs> yeah. I don't I, we don't really know what happened there. I guess yeah. it's easy to probably say Kaminga poked him um, but yeah John Morant was literally saying on the court that he can't see it was the possession to end the third quarter and I, I forgot who had the ball it might have been Melton or Jones Kind of was like, okay, we don't have anything. Let's kick it to Jaw. And Jaw's like waving at his face, like, I can't see. I need to pass mm-hmm. this to someone. So, I mean, John Morant couldn't see for three minutes. I felt like Draymond Green couldn't see for the whole game. That eye looked, <laughs> that eye looked tough. <laughs> like, it looked like he was playing with one eye that whole game. You know, this game, this game is it, it there, there's so many moments in a basketball game where you go, if this thing happened this way instead of this way, it kind of changes the trajectory of the game. And there's a loose ball where Draymond, as the bigger player, goes up with Ja. And Ja, because he's the smaller player, 
him and Draymond's bodies collide and Jaw's body flails out to the side and Draymond gets called for a loose ball foul. And I don't exactly remember what the score was. I think it was one point either way. But if the Warriors get that and then they run and then they can score, then that changes it. But Jaw gets the call. They they get the ball back out and and it, it kind of stops any momentum. Game is just is a bunch of flukes and a bunch of uh, things that happen. And if they happen a different way, then you know you could see it. But that's what's that's what makes the game so fun. You know you can't go mm-hmm. oh let's replay this every single time. Yeah, uh, and you know that 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 would just make it a, a really bad game. But yeah, there's there's moments and, in in every game where I'm sure Memphis probably says the same thing in game one. And I mean, that's what they're trying to avoid is all these, a lot of replay. It was a lot of replays last year, at least in the regular season. I remember this specifically, there was a Warriors Blazers game where it was just every five seconds, there was a replay to see if it was called out on the right person or if it was just a foul or not. It was, it was ridiculous. But with that specific Draymond play, I believe you're talking about, um, it was one of those where it felt like you think like, okay, do they have a challenge? But at the same time, it's one of those fouls where, I guess if it's in the middle of the game, it could be a foul. But if it's late game, regardless of what you think, late game fouls, like when it's crunch time, those fouls are usually different than like a regular foul. It usually you play a little more. You they they let you play a little bit more at the, the end. The refs don't want to decide the games because they don't want to be the reason why a team wins or loses. Exactly. And I thought that that was one of those where you don't call it at the in the crunch time. But if you go and review it and you look for conclusive evidence to turn it over, you won't find it. Yeah. So it was one of those unfortunate ones. Yeah, and look, Dray- Draymond, um, you know, he even said in his podcast, which I didn't listen to because I don't like podcasts, uh, the style in which he does them. I think they could be very entertaining. It's just not kind of what I like information rather than opinion so much. And but, he has no one pushing back against him. No, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to to go back and forth with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, our, our buddy Ben... Uh, he was talking about he produced Draymond's first podcast with Marcus Thompson. And I only remember hearing maybe one or two episodes with with Marcus and Draymond. Uh, and Marcus is, would be a great guy to to push back because Marcus has got respect. He's very smart and he's slick in, in, in what he can say. And he could, you know, he, he he could be he could have fun with it. But, yeah, you know, just, just Draymond by himself. I'm, I'm just not that interested. But um, he even said, like. Some of this is just my reputation. Now, that didn't make me feel good as a Warriors fan because I'm like, well, you know, then we're going to get the butt end of every one of these calls. Um, but overall, I thought I thought they played hard. You you know, the, no, nobody left it, left anything out there. And, and both teams like the both, you know, Desmond Bain is playing and this guy can barely walk. It seems like he, he, he tweaked his back in some way. Uh, you know, Clay's got the knee injury. Steph's got the foot thing. Draymond had the calf thing, which was the back thing. Like, no, nobody's 100% in any way. Jaws crash into the floor every game. And you watch and you go, these guys leave it all out there. And that's what makes the, that's what makes playoffs so great. Yeah. Um, I mean, Clay was tough tonight. <laughs> I'm assuming that's going to be one of your points. It'll be one. Of, it'll be one of our points. Well, you know, we're not going to blame Clay for the whole thing, but yeah, I, I did. Th- I did think that he's trying to heat check himself into getting hot, and there are opportunities for him to make plays not shooting the basketball that I don't think he sees. Okay, while we're on this first topic though of the game starts chippy, I 
this was reminiscent of the Dylan Brooks play was reminiscent of Grayson Allen on Alex Caruso that mm-hmm. everyone deemed pretty dirty, pretty intentional. It got it got Grayson Allen a suspension. I forgot how many games. Can you see something like that happening to Dylan Brooks, especially in the playoffs? No, I don't think so. And the reason why is because he's not the big bad wolf. You know, the Warriors have the big bad wolf. And it, it, I think it would create this uh and, and some of it is the playoffs right some of it is in the regular season if you miss five games you just miss five games in the playoffs if you miss one game that is a large chunk of the playoffs you know the thing that i was actually kind of frustrated with when i was looking at these uh the the way that they do these flagrants in these texts is so let, let's say Draymond gets to four points then he misses a game if he gets another point, he misses another game. That's crazy. And then if he gets like another one, I think he misses two. It's two something games. like that. Yeah. And yet, um, I forget, uh, Kerr had mentioned it, and he was saying something like, y- you know, you could play one game and the points are the same as if you played every single game in, in the NBA playoffs. Like, you don't get any bonus points for playing longer. It's just the same rule for everybody, mm-hmm. which is kind That's of silly. That's a valid point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I it, agree it is kind of silly. I will say, though, what we we didn't um, report yet is that Gary Payton II has a fractured left elbow. He will have an MRI tomorrow. And then from Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the NBA will have a decision to make on further punishment for Dylan Brooks, who was ejected for the flagrant two foul that led to Payton's injury. You know... <sighs> I don't I don't know. I, I know Kerr is very mad. Oh yeah. Um, so here's the quote from, from Anthony Slater. The line is pretty clear. You don't hit a guy when he's in midair, club him or break his elbow. That's where the line is. And he said that Dylan Brooks broke the code. You know, that there's something for having a coach who's won a lot of championships because he has seen a lot of basketball from when he was with the Bulls, from when he was with the Spurs when he was the the GM, when he was doing the playoffs. And I, I find it interesting that he is so aggressive going after the other team, not because I don't think he, you know, I don't think he's being fake. I don't think he's, I think he really believes it. More so just the bulletin board stuff for the other team, right? You're kind of like inspiring the other team to really get upset at you, which could enhance, you know, maybe make their goals a little bit more clear. I I find it to be super intriguing that he is so aggressive when he sees stuff like that. I mean, but he's speaking his truth, but at the same time, I feel like there's a little bit of tact to it. There's a little bit of strategy to it where you can maybe, you know, maybe you keep it in your locker room. And then when you come to the, the podium, you know, you say it in a different way, but he's, I mean, he's just a, 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 a truthful guy, right? He, he sees it and he has to say it. And uh, if I'm if I'm Dylan Brooks, I kind of go and like, you know, why is this coach going at me so hard? You know, <laughs> I get it if it's Draymond or if it's Steph, if they want to call me, I'm going to take their call, but not their coach. You know, I mean, maybe it's a little context. I don't I don't know if Kerr's thinking about it at the moment, but it seemed like GP was finally, you know, last man on the rotation. It was him or Avery Bradley. He, yeah. he get, gets GP. He was on the team the year before as a two way guy. And it seemed like he was finally healthy for a stretch of games to get some playoff run. Had an amazing game five against Denver. 
looked like he had a really good game one, although I missed most of it against he's, against uh, Memphis. He and was excellent. He was exactly. really excellent. What uh, Tim Kawakami did say, though, is Kawakami's at the game, so he's not seeing any of the TNT interviews. Yeah. And he was saying, like, Kerr looks really animated. Someone tell me what he said on that TNT interview after the first quarter. And it was basically like the reporter was kind of saying like, look, uh, it was a very physical first quarter. And Kerr was like, it wasn't physical. Like that was dirty. It was dirty. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're going to, the Grizzlies are going to see that on replay. When, oh yeah. After the game for sure. You know, and the other thing about that, and I'm just thinking from a psychological perspective, obviously the NBA locker room is probably just, you know, an insanely competitive but also very like in order to play at the high level that these guys play at and to be able to control their emotions, there is a mental mastery that those guys have, right? They're able to like forget about all the crowd that's there yelling and screaming at them. And they're able to focus on the game. And there's like, they don't get enough credit for that part of the NBA. People just think it's athletics and, and everything. No, no, no. There's a mental mastery that these guys have. And so Inside that locker room, uh, if you're the Warriors, I feel like you're like, look, we can win without GP. And I feel like what Kerr is saying is they just took out one of our aces and now I'm frustrated. And in in so many words, like I'm sure that's not the focus of it. The focus is my guy is hurt. He works so hard, like you said, he works so hard to make this team. He's he's done so much. And to take that away from him with a dirty play, I get that piece of it. But the other piece of it is like, now what are we going to do without him? And I feel like if I'm Jordan Poole or I'm Steph or I'm Clay Wiggins, I take that to heart and go, oh, like now I have to step up a little bit more on defense because this guy is killing us. And if and if GP's there, you know, he, the, he probably doesn't hurt them as often as he did late in the game. And, it's, it, and it may be a little bit of a different game. Agreed. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Um, the last thing I will say is I, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not. I feel like I've seen this. When it was between GP and Avery Bradley, Bob Myers wanted Bradley. Steve Kerr heavily vouched for Gary Payton. 
Not sure yeah, if that's yeah, true. I, so I don't remember what happened. The one thing I do remember is that the players wanted Bradley, like Steph yeah. and Draymond and those guys. Yeah. They wanted Bradley because that's like, he's an OG. He knows what it's like. He's been here before. We don't know that about Peyton. At least we know that about Avery Bradley. Steph and literally called Bradley one of the best players to guard him in that interview that you're referencing. Yeah. So, very, yeah, it's very interesting. This whole, the way the whole thing works from, you know, the, the preseason until now, it's, it's part of the story and it's part of the process of everything, which, which makes it so intriguing. Okay. So let's get to what my, my second point is. There was a Jekyll and Hyde Wiggins game. And I, I feel like because of what he is asked to do, the offensive piece of this is I think most fans are, are willing to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. He's playing a lot of four. He's rebounding his butt off. He's battling inside. Marcus Thompson had a really good piece on him today about being able to play the four and Wiggins just saying like, it's just, I just got to do it. The guy, the guy had nine rebounds tonight. He had uh, 16 points. And when he was able to slash, when his, when he was able to cut and, and get, uh, get advantageous matchups. He he was great. If you take away his three pointers, he's a five of eight from the field and three of four from the line, one of seven from three point land. And I kind of wonder, like, if you were to ask him, if you were being, if he was being honest, he if he's being honest, he probably doesn't make any excuses whatsoever. Like, it, like in his in his own honesty, because he's not going to make an excuse to to why did I miss this shot. But if you get him kind of away from the cameras and away from the microphones, I wonder if he's just like, man, this is hard. Like these playoffs are hard. I am tired. My body hurts. I don't have the lift. And so if that is the case, you know, they have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, off. They play Saturday, right? I think it's Saturday. I think it's Saturday. I think it's Saturday and Monday. Yeah. Um, so they have three days off, and maybe some of that is, okay, let's get Wiggs' his legs back. Maybe we get Andre back. Maybe Andre helps us with that GP role, whatever it is. But I, the hard part is you can't, you can't really be upset at Wiggins missing these shots because he is so effective on the other end. And it's not only the nine rebounds. It's the keeping the ball alive, tapping the ball up in the air so that your boy Otto Porter gets the rebound, right? It's, he, he's, he's defending you know, at the top of the key. So it's a lot of jaw stuff. And I'm not saying that he's doing the the greatest job on jaw. He, he, you know, he's, he's going from guarding Brandon Clark on, uh, on one possession and then jaw on another possession, which is a, just a wide scope. But uh, I, I, I think, I think Warriors fans are probably a little frustrated that he's missing those threes, but I feel like they understand basketball enough to be like, yeah, he he might be missing these shots, but gosh, he's just doing so much on the other end for us. I I would like to think that's what all Warriors fans think, but I, I don't know if totally the case and what they think. Um, but I'm with you. I'm I'm right there with you. Wiggins was, I mean, Eric. I think Eric said it. It was just like a classic Wiggins experience when we had him on the podcast because it's just like a like you said the Jekyll and Hyde stuff. So, um, but yeah, one for seven from three. That is. That that's tough, but like, 
I was saying that Otto Porter was just so awesome in offensive rebounding. Like you said, Wiggins kind of makes the physical play and then maybe tips it to Otto Porter Jr. I think the mm-hmm. underrated thing for both of them there is, I wonder if there's a stat, like how many fouls, how many fouls they drew just being so physical, being surrounded by three Grizzlies and just getting up as high as you can. Mm-hmm. And then they just, the Grizzlies will get called for a foul there. I thought that was super valuable. Or, um, or in, in Jaron Jackson's opinion, no way that was a foul. That guy fouls the most <laughs> of anybody I've ever seen who then is so dismayed when he gets called for a foul. Like I can't every believe time the whistle, think that last one was. Every time the whistle blows on Jaron Jackson, he should just raise his hand and go, yeah. You guys got me because <laughs> they're yeah. all they're all fouls. Um, I, yeah, I think I think every like when you when you pl- when you were friends or when you're as close to someone as you are like Jordan Poole and Jaron Jackson Jr. I feel like I pay a little bit more attention to the to like the communication they have in games to see how competitive they are and they're both uber competitive. Yeah, but I think there was a clip where Jaron you could see Jaron Jackson's arguing that foul. He's fouled out. And he's telling the ref, that's not a foul. It's not a foul. And Poole's just kind of like looking at him the whole time. And they're like right next to each other. The camera's zo- uh, zoomed in. And Poole's like, that was a foul. <laughs> that was yeah. funny. But I mean, for he, Wiggins, he, though. He was upset because he got suckered by Draymond is, is what I Oh, mean. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Wiggins had like, oh, my God, I jumped out of my seat on that dunk. Uh, it's on like the best, I think it's the best dunk I've seen all year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, crazy. that one, the cat one. I mean, a couple Kaminga ones. But that one was the jaw. Like, the jaw one later was also awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He jumped from so far away. It was crazy. And just hung. Yeah, Jesus. Clay, Clay was like, I'm going to not. I'm just going to move out of the way. Mm-hmm. This is, it, this I mean, is not going to be good the, for me. I don't, I, I don't want to keep predicting or, you know, knock on wood. But if the Warriors continue to, like, advance, this is, like, this has to go on par with some of the toughest competition in terms of big-name players that they faced. Like, you go from Jokic, MVP, John Morant will finish top five in MVP this year. He's had a hell of a year. You see Devin Booker, who finished in top five MVP this year, or you see Luca who was top six. And then, and then if you go, uh, if you keep going, it's Jesus. Well, the way I look at it is I go back to the beginning of this when they were winning championships, right? LeBron four years in a row, James Harden, when he was at the peak of his power, Chris Paul, when he was, you know, he's, he's still, he's in the later years of his career. He's still, He's still good, but you know the the Houston had signed him to to beat the Warriors, and they, they beat Chris Paul. Um, ju- you know you see those guys, and Josh just as good as the best guys that the Warriors have played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy. And the thing is, is like I'm I'm like you know we're we're watching the games, and I'm screaming out defense on on, on things, and Josh goes up with the left hand, and I go, okay, Clay, here's what's gonna happen. He's going to go right underneath your arm and he's going to scoop it. Just don't even play the up. Don't even play that. Cause he's not going to go. He's not going to come here. He's good. He likes to do the scoop, play the scoop. And Clay didn't play the scoop. He didn't hear me. I'm just, <laughs> come on, Clay, play the scoop. And he's, he's not listening, but like, you know, you watch him and it just seems like, can't we like block one of these shots? Like, like, but he's, he hangs in the air for so long He's so graceful. He's like, it's almost like he's able to jump and then like he can analyze while he's in there. And this was like, this was Michael Jordan. This is exactly what Michael Jordan would do. Michael would jump and he would analyze the situation and go, okay, now I see everything. And here's how I have to finish either on top of you, underneath you, or take the bump and finish. Like Jock can see all of that stuff. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he 
how he was able to play if the Warriors did have a, a real shot blocker. And I, I don't want to bring up the, the Rudy Gobert uh, rumor that I heard mm. from uh, Brian Windhorse because I think him and Draymond don't like each other very much. But um, like it would be interesting to see like if the Warriors did have a legit shot blocker, would that change what Ja did? Would he do more more floaters? Probably more floaters. Uh, probably more pull up, you know, mid range stuff, and not as much attacking the basket. But when the 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 guy guarding the basket is six six Draymond, and you could essentially just jump over him, you're not as scared going in the, going in there. And and it, it's just amazing to see the guy's just he's terrific. Totally. Um... Yeah, I don't know if I want to push the Rudy Gobert. It was fun pushing the Rudy Gobert <laughs> stuff, predicting him to the Suns. To when the it's Suns. your team, I'm like, uh, I don't know, because it would be Wiggins. And so yeah. here was here was my argument. Now, I, I, it's not that I like him or don't like him, and he makes a lot of money, so it would have to be this trade off of, you know, someone else doesn't get paid. But I was saying, what if him and Draymond together as the defensive four and five, and Draymond plays a can play his free safety role. Rudy covers the middle, and then you just have the wings just run, you know, running around the 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 perimeter. It's kind of intriguing. And then he would just play the Javale role on offense, right? He would just kind of hover around the rim. You'd throw it up for lobs, and he would essentially he wouldn't touch the ball unless he was uh, in a, in a dribble handoff, and that that would be it, really. And mm-hmm. I think it could work. But yeah, it doesn't seem like the right mix of personalities there. For do you do you, I feel like it would be the greatest defensive duo of all time in terms of like, yeah, who's better? Who would be better? The front court. Yeah, I can't, I can't even can't. think. Like I mean, Rodman, yeah. Pippen, and MJ. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 you know, those are your three, four, three, two, three, four. But as a four, four five, a yeah, four, five yeah. yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Bill Russell, and I guess whoever you put next to Bill Russell. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move off of wigs, but really shooting for the Warriors is it was the biggest issue. And this this number that I'm gonna put up, it hurts and it hurts bad. Clay, Steph, JP, and Wiggs were three of thirty-seven from three. And I feel like one of those shouldn't count for Steph because he banked it in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a moment where I thought he was gonna get really hot. He he made one and then he came down. It was one of those actions where he's dribbling and he's kind of in the middle and he's looking at guys and it's sort of forcing the Grizzlies to run at guys and they just kind of forget about Clay or forget about Steph. And he kind of pulls up from uh, maybe just off to the right from the top of the key and he missed the complete rim and hit the other side of the backboard. And I was like, it's just not, it's just not going to be one of the, because every time Clay shot, we're in your mind, you're thinking, He's got to make one. If he makes one, then he can make two. But every, like, you know, you, you want to know the clay shot where I'm just like, I don't even have to watch. He's going to miss is when he takes more than three dribbles. The defense knows exactly what he's doing. They want him to do it. He takes a couple dribbles, sticks his butt into and tries to do the Dirk fadeaway. The fadeaway baseline. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you, you, you can make one. But I want you to shoot that shot every single time if I'm the defense. And, and as a Warriors fan, I'm like, this is the worst shot you could possibly take in, in this offense because he takes it early in the shot clock. There's no rebounders. I feel like the players are like, oh, we just got to let Clay do it because that's just 
he's trying to get himself hot. But yeah, it was a, it was a rough game for him. I kind of feel bad for him because you know how hard he takes it. I mean, you remember in the in the regular season, like he was sitting there with his head in his hands and just like, I got to be better. I got to be better. Mm-hmm. I feel he's probably you know the feels the worst out of anybody tonight. Um, maybe maybe except for Draymond because Draymond's probably got a giant headache from uh, <laughs> and the GP's elbow got a his, broken his elbow and then GP's got a broken elbow. <laughs> but you know, I think he's, he's super hard on himself. The only thing that I would like to see from him is. You, he doesn't have to shoot so contested. That That's not the proof that you are a good shooter is by making contested threes. The The proof for him should be, I got to make the pass and then relocate and then get an open three, just like Steph does, right? Just like the... Just like the the guy in the backcourt with him, which he does, you know, when when he does it, it's great. But I think he needs to start doing that a little bit more because I think his in his mentality is like, I need to prove that I'm still the best, and thus, you know, I'm going to shoot over these guys because I'm taller than these guys, and it has not been working. Uh, Clay was two of twelve from three point land today. He only took seven non three pointers. He made three. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, two rebounds, three assists. He doesn't really do the other stuff when he's just throwing them up. Like, I, I feel like it should be a little bit reversed in that, um, you know, Clay is five of 19. And I, I feel like I could live with five of 14, but let's spread those other shots, those other five shots to, to Jordan Poole or Steph. You know, I, I, I'm watching that game. I thought Jordan Poole played that crap. Jordan Poole's a plus two, and he had 20 points. It's just he had the foul trouble because he had to play the 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 GP minutes, uh, you know, on defense. But I, I feel like I have such a less uh, su- such less patience with Jordan. And then I watch Jordan, and Jordan played better than Clay. Jordan shot better than Steph. And you look at it and you go, man, you know, maybe, just maybe, we trust this guy a little bit more because they were late in the game. I think the Warriors were down four, maybe three or four. Steph, it it has the ball. Jordan Poole's coming all the way around the left side. He cuts all the way to the right corner. And it's, it's quite possible that there was some extended arms in Steph's way to not pass the ball, but there was no defender on Poole. And if he kicks that shot out and Jordan Poole makes that shot, different game. But Steph just ate it and was like, oh, let me find Clay," And then clank. That I can't believe it. Like looking down at the line, two for 12, Clay, three for 11, Steph, one for seven, Wiggs, one for six, Jordan Poole. Like that's yeah. so that is so tough. Seven of 38 from three point as a team. You know, Minnesota shot better. They made twice as many. They took seven more threes. Uh, but they also made 20 out of 21 free throws. I think it was Looney who missed two. Uh, GP missed one, but that was because he had the bad elbow. Broken like, elbow. This poor guy's got to shoot the shoot the uh, free throw with a bad elbow. Wiggs missed one. But really, like that's not where the game is lost. The game is just lost in a the the shooting is just horrendous, and it's not like you know, yeah, Clay took some contested ones. Steph took a couple of contested ones. But Wiggins, wide open. There were some wide open Jordan Poole ones. Otto Porter could get any shot he wanted if he wanted, if he wanted it, right? He could have any shot, you know, that 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 he could want. He, it's right there for the taking. 
but he doesn't want to shoot it. Um, yeah, so so you know those are the main points. And look, you know, Ja is he is a superstar of superstars. I think they're playing him defensively okay, but it's just when he decides, okay, I'm not going to shoot this long three. I'm just going to take your best your you know your defender one on one. They just can't stop him. Like I wonder what hap- what would happen if they throw a guy at him earlier in that motion and live with the other guys shooting, but that's kind of not been the strategy. They, they don't want the other guys involved. They want him to have a high usage rate, which worked in game one, but did not work in game two, but your boy Zaire Williams, four of eight from three. And these are wide open jaw threes, right? The reason why mm-hmm. he's got wide open threes is because jaw, um, Jaron Jackson, uh, he had actually, you know, he, he was a plus. So defensively he mattered, but, Three of fourteen shooting, two of seven from three. Uh, Desmond, poor Desmond Bain. I, I, I'll say poor Desmond Bain after this series is over. I don't feel that bad for him sucking, <laughs> but you can tell he's clearly hurt. Um, but Brandon Clark four four. I don't think he meant a whole lot because uh, they sort of figured out what they wanted to do with him. He was a minus seventeen. The only, the the only uh, minus who played uh, big minutes actually. D'Anthony Melton played 25 minutes. He's minus two, but um, Brandon Clark minus 17. Kyle Anderson, they figured him out, which is crazy because I feel like Kyle Anderson always kills them. But I like seeing it. I like seeing them uh, them being able to defend him. Uh, you you said that Draymond is treating him like Aaron Gordon. It felt like very Aaron Gordon treatment. Like I'm just gonna try to get you mentally psyched out. Like here, have the three. You'll probably yeah. you could be like you're probably capable of hitting one, but he is capable of hitting one, obviously. But Draymond, you know, for, it's like the mental. Yeah, trying to get him mentally. Do you know they treat Draymond like that too? He just doesn't. He just doesn't let it. He doesn't fall for it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't care. You can. Yeah, you can, exactly. I'm not gonna shoot it. <laughs> but um, oh, oh you exactly. know what that music? I means. know what that means. <laughs> it is time for the Kamingo watch. Now, me, you, and uh, Ben Cruz, we were chit chatting, and and you were like, oh, I can't wait for this Kamingo watch. Like he mattered. It wasn't the second quarter. I feel like he had a, a really good quarter, and I know he played a little bit late, but maybe not enough for my taste. They, I don't. I still. I think they still don't trust him. But I liked the minutes. I really liked his minutes. Uh, he had nine points, but he was a. Uh, he was even for for the plus minus. So you know he wasn't giving it up too much on the other end. But what did you think about Kaminga tonight? I, I like his minutes. I do think that where they don't trust him, I could be wrong, but you know, we were saying in the chat, like, oh, he just looked off Steph. Oh, yeah. he just looked off Clay. So maybe it's just offensively they don't totally trust him. <laughs> I feel like he's good defensively, but maybe when Jaw tries to ISO, he might make a dumb foul like he was doing earlier in the season. Um, but watching Kaminga tonight, it honestly felt, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it felt like I was just watching Minnesota versus Memphis again. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, drunk series. Kaminga. <laughs> like, he was just all over the place, man. Yeah. But the yeah. Warriors, the Warriors definitely could use it at, at the right at the right moments and um i thought that i thought that he was good i thought that he was they, really good for them they they used him i thought uh, in a in a good situation and, and where he he could excel I, th- I my guess is where they frustrate or where he frustrates them is when he always has to ask draymond who he's supposed to guard <laughs> i don't know if you see that but he'll like point he's like and then they point He's like, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't know. Like, maybe it's just like a... Yeah, I don't uh, know. Uh, maybe it's a moment of nervousness or something. But I feel like, you know, there's only five guys on the court. 
and everyone's going to their guy, which kind of leaves your guy. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he's he's confused about that, but I love I love watching him play. He is a you know he's someone who you're kind of like. I wish this was Kaminga three years from now because if we had that Kaminga, we would blow this Memphis team out of the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the basketball doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, they'll probably have to make a decision on Wiggs after next year, and Kaminga could be could slide into that spot. But uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun watching him. And it was fun. I it think was fun watching him tonight. Like you say, how uh, John Morant and and MJ are able just to get in the air and analyze. Yeah. I saw one of those from Kaminga tonight, and I hope that that continues. Like he he develops that because that's very useful. Like as athletic as he is, if he could just get up in the air as high as he usually does, take a second to analyze because all he wants to do is throw the ball down into the hoop. But he did one where he drove to the basket and then he he flew past the basket and was in midair just trying to search for the three pointer to the three point shooter to kick it to. And I was like, that was pretty good. Um, but I think yeah, I think that might be it on my Kaminga watch. Was there anything <laughs> else? No, it's a good one. It was a good one. A watch. I think there was a really good one after game one too, but I missed it. So yeah, yeah that's why you got you got to record all the games on Hulu because then you can just go through them again. I know. Um, there, there's one move I want him to learn, and he only has to go to the Jordan Poole school of pivot foot because he loves doing what Fitz calls that tornado move. If he does it, pivots off of that tor- tornado move, and stops. He's gonna get some flybys and then some easy layups, I think. Uh, but he's got to, you know, he's got to get some some of that. He's got to go to what Shaq would call feet work school, and uh, but that that would be the thing I would say. You know, you you know, ever ever uh, they say they say all the great ones put one thing in their bag in the off season, and that mm-hmm. could be one for Kaminga to. Just... I'm super excited. Like I really hope Kaminga has just like a little bit of Jordan Poole in him because I've heard that work ethic with Jordan Poole. I'm excited to see what Jordan Poole does in the off season, what yeah. he brings to the table next year, and then obviously I want. I'd be, I'm super excited to see what Kaminga does too. Um, question for you: Do you think? Oh, oh around the NBA? Yeah, we're gonna get to the around the NBA, but we can, we can. This this song is called "Feeding the Ducks." By the way, too sexy. Turn it off. <laughs> uh, who do you who do you think? Like, do you think there's gonna be any surprise rotation guys that fill the GP spot? Like, when we saw some Damian Lee tonight. Um, you think it's just a little bit more Damian Lee, or do they? You know, Iguodala might come back, so I actually, hope it's, we might not I hope it's Iguodala. Mm-hmm. But you know the problem with Iguodala is, you know, you talk about someone who doesn't want to shoot. <laughs> I've I haven't seen anybody in the history of the NBA who doesn't want to shoot more than Andre, and who the defense just sags off of, which makes him not want to shoot even more. This feels new, but also we didn't really see him for most of the season. But I don't remember them backing off as much as they did in Denver, like that. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe Memphis doesn't doesn't play him the same way, but Denver just treated him so disrespectfully. They should. The, the <laughs> Memphis is smart. They should play him like that because, I mean, they're giving him the Aaron Gordon treatment too or the Draymond treatment, and Iguodala is not willing to shoot it at all. No, so. no. But, I mean, he can get out in open floor. He can run. He's going to play yeah. smart defense. Uh, but I think he's, uh, you know, he's he's a spurts guy now. He's not a guy that you just go, okay, you know, we got 12 minutes left in this game and he's playing the whole 12 minutes. It's just, it's not, it's, it's probably not who he is anymore, but still I'll take his, his five minutes of smart basketball. Um, as long as maybe they, they can, they can surround him with, with the shooting. So maybe he's mm-hmm. the only guy who, who, who isn't going to pull the trigger. And yeah, right, yeah. doesn't get the, I mean, sorry, uh, Iguodala doesn't, you know, he doesn't get that much minutes for the Warriors, but let's say you put him on like 
the Minnesota Timberwolves. They probably sweep that series just because Iguodala is such a good vet and knowing how to just slow the game down at the right time. And that's completely what the Minnesota Timberwolves needed. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I didn't make a new slide or a new uh, a new gra- uh, graphic for the Around the NBA segment. So for game two, maybe maybe it's Tatum because the Celtics blew out the uh, the Bucks in game two. Or in game one, it was Giannis who uh, who blew out the Celtics in, in the first game. Now, what's interesting about this series is, like, you watch the Warriors in Memphis, and, you know, they're still shooting a lot of three-pointers. We just mentioned, you know, Memphis shot, like, 40-something three-pointers. Warriors shot 30-something. Like, Boston shoots so many three-pointers. It's like a different basketball game, which they can because they have they're so athletic they're swarming every basketball but the flip side is is like you watch this warriors game and there's a little bit of a grit and a grind to it you know which is kind of the grizzlies mentality um they slow the game down you know you're it's hard to's you know being being really what's deciding the game and so this game's a little different because like you have Giannis who just kind of controls the whole court the court is like his chess board and it's Giannis is going like okay Here's what I want to do. I want to get this guy, and then I'm going to do this, and then this guy does this. And, like, he's the whole reason, right? He's the whole reason why things happen for that team, especially with Middleton out because they don't really have anyone to bail out, you know, with open shots. But Boston is just like, bing, 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 bing. Jason Tatum fakes like he's going to go, and then he kicks it out for three. Like, that's how they play. So it's really interesting watching the two different styles. Like, I prefer watching... Milwaukee a little bit more because it feels a little bit like real basketball and I watch Boston and it feels a little bit more like college basketball where you're just trying to find open shooters and and get open three-pointers but I mean it's great strategy for for both sides who do you think is going to come out on top in this series because now by splitting it the Bucks have home court going home um I think if before the series started and before the series started, I probably would have taken the Celtics in seven just because I thought Middleton was going to be bigger, like a bigger blow than it was in game one. Um, but after seeing game one, like I feel like I'm just reminded that Giannis is the best player in the league. And then I would probably say Bucks in seven. But I, I just, I was really looking forward to this series in the sense that, like, how I'm watching Golden State versus Memphis, even though I'm a Warriors fan, I'm sure as an NBA fan, this game. I, I mean, I, I, the series so far has to have been very entertaining in all aspects of 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 it because you have like the refs in game one and then <laughs> Jaw blowing the layup, you know, the Splash Bros. You know, it's just all like the entertainment factors there. I feel like there's been two blowout games so far in a series I was really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, so I still I'm gonna go. Oh, see, I want to go with my gut and go Celtics and seven, but I'm just gonna go Bucks because I think Giannis is is him. Giannis is that guy. So. Yeah, it, and I I feel like I think I think he may be a little bit worn down. Do we know when Middleton's coming back? He's missing the whole series. So, yeah, so I I feel like Boston's going to eventually wear him down. Uh, and 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 a lot of it is just because Tatum can almost match him, right? Like last year, I don't think Tatum could have played, you know, played him up as a star versus star. And this year. If he can't, he's really close. So that, mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. So uh, Phoenix and Dallas, I know we were kind of thinking maybe Dallas gives them a little bit of a run for their money, but the way that those teams play, it almost looks like 
Dallas is a perfect matchup for Phoenix if you're a Phoenix fan. Yeah, that's so tough. I was super looking forward to this series because I thought I thought like like the Warriors, um, the Mavericks had a pretty hot hot uh end to the to the season. And I I just think Luca's amazing. But you know, they play that similar offense to what the Rockets did when James Harden and Chris Paul were on that team, very heliocentric. And the only difference is, is that Capella could shoot threes. Uh, on the they have a Maxi Kleba and Powell that actually can shoot. They could play a five out, and but the thing is with uh, the difference between the Capella and those stretch fives is that then the stretch fives aren't as good as like you know the pick and roll and the lob threat. But I was uh, it, it just seems like heliocentric like has like have they made the I, I heard like the only one that's made and won the finals is the Allen Iverson uh, Sixers. So I, I guess it just might not be a, a winning success anymore. But I was really hoping that this series... I'm still hoping. I, I still think that Luka can... Uh, it seemed like an off night for Brunson and Dinwiddie, who were like major key pieces to the Mavericks' success. And Luka went off. So if Luka goes off again, I'd expect it. And, you know, Brunson and, and Dinwiddie step it up just a little bit. I mean, sure, the, it would look like a blowout for most of the game. I think the game... they kept Everyone kept playing hard until the end. It's not like subs came in, and it was only like a 10-point game to end the game. I I think the one thing that you cannot and, and we talked about this as as like the main theme for the the unanswerable question for the Warriors and Nuggets was uh, you know health right and it's really caught them it's really kicked them in the butt a little bit with GP going out um, and Draymond you know getting hit in the face that stuff is so unpredictable if if I'm Dallas you want to win one in Phoenix because you want to extend these guys. You want to extend Chris Paul into game seven. Devin Booker's got this bad hamstring that he's probably coming back a little bit too early for that. You know, Jay Crowder is a super physical player and he's always in the mix. So I, I, if you're Dallas, you got to steal one in Phoenix and then you got to extend this thing as far as, as you can, because you know, it's an uh, the couple of the players on that team are susceptible to injuries, and and so that's why you got to extend them a little bit. Um, and then the last series seems so sad because of uh, of no Embiid, uh, Miami and Philadelphia. I don't even think Miami is like I think Miami is a really good B plus team in the East. Like they they play a certain brand of basketball, and and they can beat anybody. But it's like the last team that I want to see Me too. continue I'm to go so, on. <laughs> Sorry, Obi. I it's do like not a, want to see. <laughs> it's like I want to see Embiid. I want to see Tatum. I want to see Giannis. I don't know if I want to see Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Like they're mm-hmm. fine. They're okay. But I don't know if that's who I want to see come out from the East. So I'm kind of just like slightly just rooting against them in in all the series. Um, but uh, that's that seems like a foregone conclusion if they go up 2-0. And then if you get Embiid back, then you got to win four out of five. Whew, that is tough. Yeah, no, I think the Heat are moving on. And in the beginning of the season, Obi's been bringing it up on almost every single basketball pod we do. I swear it gets annoying. But I had said that I thought the Heat would be the sixth seed, not because of talent. I thought they were top three seed in terms of talent, but because you have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry. Bam's not that old, but Bam, I don't think he plays 82-game series. He's always Mm -hmm. pretty injured in the regular season. Same with Jimmy. 
Kyle Lowry's pretty old and it's same thing with him. And I was right. They were very injured throughout the whole year. But what I was wrong about is that they were still able to be a first seed. Um, and so I think I've been like out. I've, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm a little, what's the right word here? Like I, my judgment's a little messed with because I, I get annoyed that Obi brings it up every time. And I'm just kind of praying. I'm like you, I'm kind of praying on their downfall a little bit. And I, they, they don't, regardless, they don't seem like a fun team to me to see in the finals, like not competition wise. I'm sure they're good. You know, they're a good team. I just, there's not, not that many sexy names, man. And I, what I was going to end with was, you know, I was giving them a little slack not, I was giving them a little, um, you know, judgment a little off again. And I'm saying, Oh, the heat have an easy trip to the finals. They get, they get the the play in but that's what you get when you're the one seed you are able, you, you, you get that. Like, that's what, that's what happens when you, when you play really well in the, in the regular season, you get to play Trey young in the first round, the cruddy Hawks, you get to play the 76ers who are without Embiid because they played a really hard se- uh, series, the series before, like, and now you're going to get to play. I have the heat winning this, but now you get to play, a Celtics or a Bucks team that absolutely killed each other in seven games, you know? So that's just, that's just what uh, getting the first seed, you know, you always want to get the first seed because that stuff will go in your favor. Yeah. The for for those who are, who may have not heard our first show, Obi is uh, Obina. He was on our first, our very first podcast after Warriors Nuggets game one. I'm sure at some point he will, he will be back, especially if uh, if the heat move on, we'll have to bring him on. <laughs> but um, all right, so I think that is it. Um, I think we're done. You know, we didn't we didn't really get to make it a pool party today, even though yeah. Jordan played fairly well. Uh, he uh, obviously he didn't shoot as well, just like the rest of the their guys. But ultimately, uh, I think the Warriors would be happy with splitting two games in Memphis if you were to say. You know, you lose Draymond for one of those games. Now, you know, I don't think anybody would want to predict injuries, but, you know, you lose GP and that that's going to hurt. And they're going to have to figure out that scenario because the reason why GP was starting in this lineup was because of his ability to to play defense. So that is a break, right? And we'll see what happens with Dylan Brooks, too. If Dylan Brooks has, uh, you know, if he gets suspended or whatever, I, I hate to say that he deserves to get suspended because I I don't think that he you know he didn't mean to hurt anybody he just made a mistake he made a bad play um you know if if he if he was you know if he did that to Draymond then maybe then maybe you're like okay that that was kind of on purpose and no one's trying to hurt GP on purpose you know, it was just before a bad we end play it, it was a reckless before- play. Before we end it, man, you know, I was a little too young for this, but I do remember it. Wasn't it like Saints versus Niners? And they they had a little microphone in the in the room and the Saints were gonna the coach was telling them to be like dirty. a bounty, yeah. Yeah, we need we need that in practice, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, what I will say about that play is as a basketball player, you know, that is the mo- that is where you are the most vulnerable is oh, in yeah. the air. Totally. Especially when you're at an angle like that. Like you just don't do that, man. That's he's, like he's play, never, that's he's play n- Danny Green. That's like He's never going to block that shot ever. Never, never, never. going to block that shot. He had to shot. come over his head too. Like it was a left hand to like, you just, uh, G- yeah. GP is so much more athletic than Dylan Brooks as well. Now, if it's Nemanja Bialica and you're trying to take advantage of his non-athleticism, that's one thing, but G- GP rivals Wiggins and, and Ja when it comes to the hops. So yeah, it was just a bad, it was a bad play. It was a reckless play. If you ask him, would, would he do it again? He would not do it again because he put his team 
into tremendous deficit by getting kicked out of that game. And, you know, he's, he's just as important as a defender as GP is. Does that mean he should have to sit out the whole series? Like if the world was fair, maybe, but uh, I'll be interested. You know, I, I'll be yeah, surprised if they suspend him, um, especially because, you know, Draymond didn't get suspended any more than, than he was, but I don't think those two plays are comparable. One was super dirty so at all. And one was uh, just unfortunate. Like Dray- Draymond swiped in the, in the wrong spot. Um, just being active. So, all right, that's it from here. We will be back after, wait, unless you're going to San Francisco again <laughs> on Saturday, I will keep you updated. <laughs> we'll see. I think we'll, we'll probably be back on, on Saturday, but, uh, if not, then on, on Monday, uh, all right. So, um, that is it from here. Uh, I am double G for Bry. See when we see you peace out. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com backslash blue wire.